Blog Talk Radio. reschedule the show my husband had yet another episode and when he has these episodes it is the most scariest thing in the world the first time he did it I called the children in because I really thought he was dying and it it it's not good for me to leave him until I can get him calmed down and get him where he can breathe properly and get him warm again so I appreciate all of your patience and and my guest last night will be back. She is coming back next Tuesday, author Miranda Lynn. I do have her scheduled for next Tuesday. She was such a trooper last night, and I appreciate the fact that she understood. Every day is a challenge with him. I never know what is going to happen from five minutes to the next because his illness is getting so bad that 
he can turn on a dime. So I thank you all for continuing to support this show, even though it's a crapshoot Sunday. We have reached 133,600 and some odd listeners just on this show. That doesn't include all the podcasts this thing goes up on. And, and it's because of y'all. It's, it's because for two years, y'all have continued to support the guests that come on this show. And, and I always say it's not my show, it's your show. And I appreciate each and every one of you all for doing that. Now, there's two ways you can get on the show. You can come on the show as a guest, or you can run an ad on the show. And, and trust me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not in the ad business to make a fortune because that's not the goal. The goal is with the 200-plus countries and the 200,000-plus listeners that we have with the, with the show itself and plus all the podcasts, it gives you an opportunity to be heard where you might not be heard at all. We're heard now in places like Iran and Egypt and Israel and Iraq and Japan and China, um, all of Southeast Asia, Russia, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Sweden, South Africa, places I've never even heard of, Australia. They're our biggest support group here on this show. South America, Brazil, Portugal, Spain, Europe, all over Europe were heard, France. And for you as a guest to be heard. And with that being said, I want to welcome three of our sponsors. Uh, Diane Mode is back. She has a new book out in her Sam Holden series. Sam Holden is our favorite vigilante. The third in the series of the book has just been released, and it's called Dog Bones. Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other side. Will her double life be exposed? Will Sam be able to protect her animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Moat everywhere ebooks are sold. If you haven't started this series yet, be sure to begin with Dog Gone by Diane Moat, and it's free on Amazon. J. Traveler Pelton has just released two new books. And Kai's Dante Strategium, I can't talk tonight. People are so happy about the destruction of the anti-fertility virus that they want Kai to run for president. Kai Dante for president, indeed. The Oberlins are back and are successful in diverting the virus that is destroying the fertility of the populace. But in return, sanctuary is attacked and the family members are scattered to fight radiation sickness alone. Given only a strange point to use, will Kai and Micah figure out the puzzle before they all die? Who in the family will survive to destroy the tyrant running the Brotherhood? The, the, the second book that she put out, Clan Falconer's War, is a fantasy set in the future medieval times after the big war. Lucian thought that as the youngest son of the manor, his future would be as, as a simple landowning farmer who raised good horses and went up to the manor to visit the family for holidays. After all, there were seven brothers older than he with much more entitlement to the inheritance. However, through a massacre and magic, his simple acceptance of a quiet life was going to come to a roaring end as he ends up leading the foes of his clan and the kingdom against an evil greater than any wizard had ever faced, an evil led by his own brothers. Will he, his clan, and Falcon Crest survive the war? And the third sponsor I want to start the night off with is brand new. 
Her name is Jess, and she is with Audio Bookworm Promotions. And my guest tonight knows about her. Yay! Looking for, <laughs> looking for a listen? Adopt, don't shop for your next audiobook favorite. The Adopt and Audiobook Program has new releases and audiobooks for every genre. All audiobooks are free to interested reviewers. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the key. You can listen to the audiobook for free if you agree to place a review. Simply listen and share your thoughts. Audiobookwormpromotions.com. Adopt an audiobook. I have just released The Mad Hatter. I am going to contact Jess to have her put The Mad Hatter up on her audiobook on promotion. So watch for that. Jess doesn't know it yet. It's a surprise. And with that, I want to welcome back Terry A. Wilson, who is a PA and a brand new author. I met her a couple of years ago at a book event we did in Melbourne, and we, I just fell in love with her. She's absolutely one of the funniest women I've ever met, and she is so precious. She is an award-winning short story author, editor, personal assistant, blogger, mother, and wife. Now, in a previous life, she taught secondary education, 7 through 12, as well as college. Terry has a master's degree in education and library information science. Her work in the library inspired her to learn more about the book world. With not juggling many hats, she can be found reading anything that tickles her fancy, but especially fantasy and steampunk. And if you haven't been on her Facebook page, she has herself dressed in some steampunk outfits, and they are absolutely stunning. Her favorite books are ones with strong women who can take care of themselves. She enjoys yoga and walking and considers herself a recycled hippie. Now, I think we touched on this the last time, but we're going to touch on it again. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you how this woman is. She didn't know she was going to be on the show, and um, she is in California with her family. Couldn't get a signal at the place that she's staying with her family, so she drives to the local McDonald's just to be on the show. <laughs> I feel so honored, Terry. Thank you, honey. <laughs> Well, the seagulls were having a party outside the car, so I had to roll the windows up. <laughs> I heard them. I'm going, I know she doesn't have the puppies in the car because they no. flew out there. <laughs> no. You I'm know, going, okay. I really, I cannot recommend Jess enough. I I just love her. I've, been, I've worked with Jess for over two years as a reviewer, and she is by far one of the most professional promotional people that are out there right now she has been on this show and and before we get too deep in the weeds ladies and gentlemen if you want to place an ad or come on the show contact me at off the chain radio at yahoo.com i got so excited about terry i forgot to add that caveat off the chain radio at yahoo.com and i'll tell you how to place an ad and or be on the show and and that's how i got jess's ad is she came on the show and she heard this part of the show, and then she contacted me and goes, Yvonne, I, I, I need to do this. She's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. So, Miss Terry. Yes, ma'am. What what have you been up to? I mean, my goodness gracious. Ladies and gentlemen, not only is she all of the above that I talked about, but she took the bold path of homeschooling her daughters, which is a full-time job within itself so before we get into that are you still PA on top of everything else 
Um, well, I've backed off on that a lot. Um, I do, I do help people promote their books, and that I will share them on Facebook, share them in my newsletters if I get the information. Um, I still do some reviews every once in a while, but um, I had to back off on that a lot to do all the yeah, other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happens since since my husband has been so ill. I haven't written a lick in months because when and, and doing the show, as you know, sometimes is a challenge within itself. Because as you know, if you're writing and you get interrupted, it's so hard to get that thought process back, mm-hmm. and, and and you want to pull your hair out. So I just said, okay, the characters have gone silent. They know that all things come within its time, and now I just I do the show and and thank God that I have that outlet. And and I do write for Big Unique Magazine, but that's only like 500 words. I can do it in my sleep. So how do you juggle all this, child? Um, well, I use a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> um, <laughs> I track – everything has started to go on a spreadsheet, and I have a couple calendars. I keep a paper calendar. I keep a Google calendar. That way I can um, email my husband when he has – Things that you know, things that come up that I want him to go to as well, so I can invite him to events and stuff. And um, my laptop's pretty much open from the moment I wake up until the morning I go to sleep at night. Yep, I, I understand that. You just see what you got to do. Do you do you find that it's become a challenge to stay? I mean. You are already organized because as a PA, you had to be organized. As a teacher, you had to be organized. But it's a different kind of challenge because you have the girls at home that are trying to do their work. You're trying to do your work. You're trying to to do the everyday things that you have to do at home. Are there days you want to pull your hair out? Oh, yeah. I mean, there are, there are days when I will wake up in the middle of the night and I will forget one thing I forgot to do. And instead of just getting up and doing it and getting it out of my system, I'll lie in bed for a couple hours and, you know, worry about the fact that I didn't do it. So, yeah, and, that and happens a lot. Well, but, but that's not good for you. That's not good for you mentally or physically. <laughs> I mean, I've been going without sleep for 60-some-odd years. So neither, is, neither is drinking soda, but I drink soda, too. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. That. That is our drug of choice, Terry. Mine is coffee. <laughs> My yeah. children don't speak to me. It's a, Jack barely speaks to me until I've had coffee. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I mean, there, I, there are worse things we could do to ourselves, I suppose. That's true. That's very true. I don't smoke. I don't drink. Um, I, I drink coffee, and occasionally I'll drink a Coke or a Pepsi or a Cherry Coke when I need that that double whammy instead of drinking espresso, I just have coffee in one hand and Coke in the other. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> so tell me what made you go from being a PA, because you, you do that so well, to writing your own stories. What sent you down that path? Um. Well, I actually decided to write a book in October of 2015, and um, 
I didn't really know much about writing. And, I, well, I should take it back. I've been wanting to write a book ever since I was in second grade. So, I mean, let's go back, you know, when I was taking my slate to school and writing <laughs> with the slate. Um, but in 2015, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I would go out. I read so many books on how to write, and I read blog posts, and I read, you know, everything. And I kept pushing it back and pushing it back. And finally I just said, you know, why am I doing why am I doing this? I would rather fail trying to do something than never do anything at all. But and so you certainly have failed. Excuse me? If you don't do it, you have certainly failed. Absolutely. And so I found a group of um other authors. I put some some feelers out there to to see about writing for an anthology. I thought that might be a good way to go in so I wouldn't be totally by myself. And I've, I found a wonderful group of women um, who were writing love stories that uh, were the main hero, the, the male protagonist was of Asian descent, and it was to help celebrate Valentine's Day, which is in August, but Valentine's Day for, like, Asian Valentine's Day. Ah. And... Um, I like I I just like couldn't figure out what to write, couldn't figure out what to write, and then I was just like it was one of those moments where the idea just came to me and I wrote the thing in ten days. I sat wow. down in ten days. I had the whole story written because it just it, this these two characters that had been hidden in my head that I never knew existed. It was like they pushed everybody out of the way and said, "Oh, it's our turn, honey. We're coming out, whether you want us <laughs> to or not." Don't you love and, when that happens? <laughs> And so then um, I met this past summer when I went to the Space Coast, I met Millie Taden, who talked about, who, who told me about the, the two worlds that she created, um, Paranormal Dating Agency and Sassy Ever After, and talked to her, and she was like, well, why don't you try writing about this, and, you know, in my world, and my first book released uh, last week. And my book two of that, what I'm doing with her, will come out in October. And then book three will come out in January. Look at you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have created a monster in our writing world, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, let's step back a minute. You taught grades 7 through 12 in college. So you've mm-hmm. been out there in the education world you and I know that through the year years you have seen changes within the education field and some of them are not so good mm-hmm. what made you decide to um homeschool the girls which I think is absolutely marvelous because you get to and, and the reason I bring it up now is because you get to teach them writing if that's the way they want to go later on in life. But what made you pull them out of school and start teaching them at home where they're going to get a whole lot better education? Well, my kids have actually never been to a public school. We've been homeschooling them since the very beginning. Um, I, When I was in high school, when I was teaching high school, I saw so many girls who lost themselves in boys. And I know that that's something that, we all go through, but I saw a system 
that was so geared towards male students that female students didn't really have those opportunities to shine, and so they would get lost. Uh-huh. I saw I saw a lot of kids who were. Um, <laughs> You understand the term mediocre, right? I think that's yes. kind of a dated yes. term. But yeah. they, was, they weren't being challenged, and so they didn't rise to the challenge. And I know that's all part of being a teenager. I get it. I really do. But there was all you had to do was pretty much just show up, turn in a few homework assignments, and you could pass the class and move on to the next grade. Oh, that's so and I just I didn't want that. Um. I also, I didn't like the fact that the loudest parent was the one who got their way. So um, when I worked, I I finished my tenure as a teacher in the library. And if there was a parent who read, who saw that we had a specific book on the shelf, they would call the principal and the principal would come to me and I would have to pull it. And it was like I didn't like having to do that when like there was no process to determine if this one parent had even read the book, for goodness sake, you know. And that's censorship. Yeah. And so I just I didn't like that. Um when my oldest was getting ready to start kindergarten, I was working a third shift job. And um well, actually, it was first. She was going to first grade. And our, my life, my family life, it was, it was just complicated. There were a lot of things going on with my husband, a lot of things going on with me and my mom. And I just felt that if we had gone to school, it would have added an extra layer of stress to everybody. Um, so many of my girlfriends, you know, they would talk about all the things they had to do, and they were so busy with activities and and they had to make sure that the cupcakes, you couldn't do homemade cupcakes. They had to be store-bought cupcakes because <laughs> heaven forbid that you put something in there that somebody might be allergic to. And, and trust me, I'm not trying to make fun of people who have allergies, but it's just, it was very stressful. And um, my my daughter, my oldest daughter, when she gets in situations where she's challenged, she will shut down. And I saw her time and time again shutting down. And when she shuts down, forget it. She doesn't hear what you're saying. She goes into her, uh-huh. own, little, her own little world, and that's her safety mechanism. That's her defense mechanism. And I wanted her to work through that. Now it's totally different. She has worked through that, and she's totally – she's different, you know. So um, She was – and she wouldn't have had that opportunity in school. She would have been labeled with some off-the-wall four-letter acronym, and and that would have followed her throughout her entire educational life, and that's not right. Right. And my, my youngest daughter, um, she she does have a hard time being still, and she is, when she gets – when she gets stressed, she makes jokes about a lot of things. That's very much that's the way I am. I, you know, when I'm stressed, I make all kind. I make my best jokes when I'm nervous. <laughs> um, and I just, I was worried that she would get labeled too. And I, because I saw it happen. I saw Yvonne. I saw kids who would start in middle school, 
And by the time they graduated, I mean, they had so many different labels behind their name, and they never got out of that. And and they so, believed they they were labeled so much that they believed it themselves, and any possibility of them living a dream they had might have been destroyed with all of those labels, and that's not right absolutely. either. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also just, you know, I wanted my kids to, um, my kids have um, African-American friends, they have Asian friends, they have Latino friends, they have Jewish friends, they are, they know about the Jewish religion, they know about Ramadan, they know about um, all these other different things that I wanted them to have exposure to, but I just didn't think that they would get that in school. No, they wouldn't have. And if they had of, it would have been watered down. If if a child is going to be filled with knowledge, that child should be given all of the tools and all of the knowledge that is afforded to them. Yeah, I know our our teachers only have six and a half hours in a day to pour knowledge into a child's head, but they need to stop teaching to the test and start teaching to the child. Your girls are going to be so (laughs) well-rounded and such ambassadors of their gender and their age group and society. I can't wait to see what they do in the next few years. Oh, thanks. Well, it's it's exciting because, you know, like at the high school level, you get maybe 50 minutes with your kids before they go to the next class. And in that 50 minutes, you have to take attendance, you have to get them settled down, you have to do some kind of a lesson, then review what you did, and then get them prepared for the next day. Well, for us, you know, school doesn't stop at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, there'll be times where we will sit down and at the dinner table, um, you know, something will come up. My husband and I will be talking about, like, politics or, like, the tariffs and things like that that are going on and the girls will ask a question. And so then, you know, we'll spend 20, 30 minutes trying to explain to them, you know, what's tariff and how will this affect you? And what can you think about? How is this going to affect you now when you're like, you know, an adult paying taxes, what's it going to be like? So our school doesn't just, it doesn't stop at a specific time. In fact, most of the time we get the textbook stuff done in the morning before lunch. And then we go do activities um, or we'll go meet up with friends or something like that in the afternoons. And and they're still learning. Number one, they're learning, social skill. they're learning social skills. They're learning interaction skills. They're learning manners. They're learning how to exist in a real world. And they're just like y'all have made, y'all put the fun back in learning. Talking about tariffs and politics around the dinner table just sent me back into a flashback of when I was growing up because the one meal we all ate was at supper. And there were five children and two adults, and everything was discussed Bible, politics, mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. fights. We, and even though we were in public school, I got my biggest education around the dinner table. Right. Well, and nothing, and, you know, the, the you mentioned like the social aspect of it. People, people ask me all the time, 
you know, well, how do you socialize your kids? You know, do they stay home and do nothing and look at the wall all day? I'm going to tell you a story. My oldest daughter, the grocery store that we go to, um, we know a lot of the people that work there because we go there all the time. I, you know, it's our grocery store. And mm-hmm. they stopped selling these pizza pockets that she really liked, and we can't find them anymore in our, around where we are. And so we were at the grocery store, and we walked by the manager's office, and the manager was in his office sitting there one day. And the next thing I know, she knocks on his door and starts to tell him how upset she is that they'd stopped selling these pizza pockets. Good for her. And that was probably, like, last year. So she was around 11. And I was thinking, I don't even know that I would have taken the time to talk to the manager and tell him that. And it was really important to her that they stopped selling these pizza to- pizza pockets, and she wanted to let him know. And he just was, like, sitting there going, um, I-, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. But she learned that because she knew that in order to, to make a change, she had to go to the person that could make that change. I love it. I absolutely love it. We're going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. We are we are visiting with a, a very dear, sweet, loving friend of mine who I absolutely adore and love with all of my heart. And she told me something yesterday before we take the break that I have to share. When I was going through all of this with Jack, she told me how much she loved me and that I was a bright spot in her day, and she does not know how much I needed that yesterday. Terry, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, my darling. I love you for that because I needed that so bad. (laughs) It was a rough day, so thank you. So author Terry Wilson is our guest tonight, and we're going to take a real quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about her books, and we're going to talk about her mantra and some other things, and you don't want to miss it. So join us and stay tuned. Horses See Ghosts, a new poetry book by Gannat Wise. It's been called Poetry for the Rest of Us, Amazon. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores or Visit QuinnWildlifeArt.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. A struggling city, its beloved baseball team, an antique camera, and photos from that camera that bear an image from the pit of hell, an entity only a select few can see. Journalism professor Buddy Cullen is determined to track this demon down. But who is the hunter and who is the prey? And who will be the next target of mankind's mortal foe? Mortal Foe. Available at Amazon.com. The year, 1888. The place, London's East End. 
dead and mutilated bodies are popping up all over from Stamford to Whitechapel. Jack the Ripper is leaving his mark, and the city's on edge. Yvonne Mason is back with a tale of murder and millinery. The Rhodes Hat Factory is booming while the body count rises. Why now? How are these hats connected? Has the Hatter gone mad? Mad Hatter from Yvonne Mason. Available now on Amazon.com. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest author and PA, Terry Wilson. And Terry, you, when I did my, my deep dive on you, I went to your website, and in and, and great big letters, you have Believe You Can Fly. What made you pick that particular mantra? Because I think it's wonderful. I love it. I would well, first it. of all, I'm, I'm I'm still on Amazon trying to get those books that you just mentioned in your advertisements. Oh my God, they oh, all really? sound great. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you? I'm a I love Indiana Jones, and I think it was the last movie or that he did with Sean Connery, and I don't remember which one that was, but there's a scene in there where he has to take that step of faith and then the bridge comes out when they're in ah. the, the temple or the cave or something. Yeah. That was the and last one. I've always, rem- I've always, it was probably a, you know, one of those Sunday school stories that you hear or the, and you're, you know, where the pastor was talking about, you know, when you come to the edge of the cliff, you have to either step out and just trust that your wings are going to grow or just go home. And it's, you know, you got to just do it. you got to just believe you can fly and just go out there and take that, take that risk. And, the, you know, Yvonne, I, it's been proven to me so many times in my life. You're, whoops, sorry. I turned the, I turned the radio on. <laughs> your, um, your wings will grow. And you can just, but you just got to believe. You just got to take that step like Indiana Jones did. So that's where it came from. Well, and, and if if we become so shy and so withdrawn and pardon the millennial reference, but such a snowflake, Terry, we will never realize our full potential. And the person that taught me that is retarded. That's my brother. And, yes, I use that word because that's what he was labeled as years ago. But he's the mm-hmm. one that taught me that. Because he believes that you can fly. And if he believes one can fly, he believes he can fly. If he believes he can fly, then who am I to say I can't? And I agree with you. We have to just understand that if we don't try it, we've already failed. we failed ourselves. Right. We've lived with regret. And you have proved that and the fact that you went from being a blogger and a PA and and you said, okay, I'm doing this. You got all these books on writing. I'm sure your head exploded when you were reading all the different <laughs> how-to-write books because everybody has a different how-to-write. But you found your path. And look at you now. I am so proud of you. Mm, thank you. It's You know what? It was it was really the, the morning that that – 
there was a different feeling from when the anthology came out versus when my own book came out. When the anthology came out, that was exciting and thrilling, but there were other people with me, and so it wasn't as it wasn't. I don't know. Was, I don't want to say it wasn't as exciting, but I mean, up until the morning when I when my book came out. You know, I was nervous. I was stressed out. I was like, "Oh my God, what's I can't what am I gonna do?" And I woke up that morning, and I turned on my Kindle. And of course, you know, I had to buy my own. I had to buy my own copy. I had to buy a copy of my own book, and it was staring me at the face. You know, staring me in my face. And I was like, I, I felt so much peace, and uh-huh. so happy, and just, you know, I. I could go out and do anything in the world I want to right now. If I want to go fly to the moon, you know, I could do it. Absolutely. It was was an incredible feeling. And there's no feeling like it, whether it's writing a book, whether it's writing a piece of music or doing a painting or flying yourself to the moon. There's no, unless someone experiences it, we can't describe it. It's, the closest thing that I can describe it to is when I held my children in my arms for the first time. Yep. It, Absolutely. That, it, it, to see that little baby that you just birthed and how did you do it? How There's this little creation and you're looking at it and it's wanting to cry and you're saying, but I don't know what to do with it now. It's the same thing. We, we, you know, we've got this new book out now. What? <laughs> yeah. But it's that same type of elation, of satisfaction, of gratification, and like the F peace because you did it. Mhm. And like no even, one can take that away from me. Like no. I mean, even if the book, even if I never sold one copy of the book. No one will ever be able to take that away from me that Terry Wilson has a book out on Amazon, has a book in print. It's going to be there forever. Forever. It will mm-hmm. always be in perpetuity. And it, it, this is why I tell people that tell me they want to write, the first thing I say, I say two things. How bad do you want it? And do you want to make a million dollars? If they say, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a million dollars, then I say go get another profession. Because <laughs> we, may, we may never make anything off of those books. It has to have that inner peace, that inner happiness, that satisfaction that we did something and no one can ever steal that dream. Yep. I I am just so, so proud of you. And with that being said, let's talk about the first book. Okay. Well, what the first the book is Forgiveness for My Mate. The whole series is going to be called Sanctuary for My Mate. Um, and the first three books center around three brothers, a set of twins, and then the baby brother. And they own a spiritual retreat outside of Taos, New Mexico, and they are falcon shifters. Um, and I chose falcon shifters because my my first exposure to probably what, we didn't call it this then, but uh, what is called now paranormal romance was Lady Hawk. And I love that movie. I watch it at least once a season. I have to watch this movie. 
Um, and so I chose falcon sifters. All three of the brothers' names, I will tell you this is my little fun thing, that all three names start with a C, and that was kind <laughs> of my uh, my little dig at the controversy that came up this past summer. And um, and I don't know if we're allowed to say it or not. but Oh, I, um, yeah, yeah, I've talked about it on the show many times. Okay. But yeah, but <laughs> well, it, it was, was you know, it was the whole cocky gate, yeah. So it was just my little dig at my little political statement against that. But um, all three brothers have, um, well, like in book one, the the female protagonist is a med student who is at the very end of her program. She's almost finished, and she has had so she's put so much pressure on her her entire life, and it's finally just getting to her, and she. Isn't an alcoholic, but she is starting to abuse alcohol, and she starts making some really bad choices. And basically, the person in charge of her program says, "You need to take a break and get your get yourself together." So she goes out to this retreat, and she falls in love with the baby brother, not the twins, but the baby brother. And I thought it would be kind of funny to explore the idea of what if she, you know, there's a whole mating process that are happening in shifter novels. Well, what if she loves him but doesn't want to become a shifter? What if she's huh. scared? What if she's afraid of that? And, you know, she's, so she asks him all kinds of funny questions, you know, like, um, does his family live in a nest? Do they hatch from eggs? Because <laughs> she's a falcon <laughs> shifter. And so I, I wanted it to be kind of, I wanted it to be fun but a little more human than maybe what some of the other paranormal romances are. Um, the second book will start with one of the twins, and he was they're all three brothers are born falcon shifters. So he was born a falcon shifter, but he was attacked by a bear shifter. So he has basically two animals that are fighting for dominance in his life, and it's causing all kinds of, you know, he's angry all the time. He's, he doesn't know... He he has feelings for two different women, and he's trying to figure that out, and he's just trying to figure out how to balance. And that's going to be called Harmony for My Mate. It's a whole idea of two contrasting um, ideas trying to come together and find a way of being together. Um, the third book, I will let you know for sure what it's going to be about once I figure out what it's going to be about. <laughs> so. Well, I think... I, I find it interesting that in the in the second book that you took the the parable about the two wolves that, that do battle within us. You have mm-hmm. the, the white wolf and the and the black wolf and depending on which one you feed is the one that, that becomes dominant. And and to take <laughs> two sisters and have them do battle within one body, I, that ought to be an amazing book. Well, it's been kind of fun to write. Um, it's you know, I have met, I have met so many wonderful people who have influenced, um, who have influenced my life, but also have influenced my writing life. 
and have really challenged me without ever, I mean, it's not like people sit down and say, I mean, it's not like, Yvonne, you and I didn't sit down and talk and you said, okay, Terry, you need to do this, and Terry, you need to do this, and then don't do this or don't do that. Or, you know, you and I have Sherry Rensler, who's a great friend and a mentor for me and a great friend for both of us. She never sat down and said, here's your list of ten things you have to do. But the influence of these other writers have, they mold, they've molded my mind and how I create my characters. You know, I want real characters. I want three-dimensional characters. I want characters that that aren't necessarily, you know, rippling abs and beautiful blonde hair. And, you know, of course, you look at my book cover, and, yeah, okay, book covers, you've got the rippling abs and the beautiful blonde hair <laughs> because, come on, that's what sells books. But, you know, in the, in, in the story I wrote for the anthology, um, the young lady was – in jail for a while, a period of time in her life, because she would um, steal cars, and she got caught, and then she changed her life around, and she works in a mechanic shop, as a mechanic, she's the only female in this mechanic shop, and her dream is to open up her own mechanic shop to give women a transition, a transitional job from when they are coming out of jail and prison gives them some skills that they can go out so they can get other jobs once they get out. They're not your typical people, but they're real. And we so. see them every day in our lives. And I love that. Absolutely. I love, I love that premise where you're, where you're taking it. And, and to go back to what you said a moment ago about people that have influenced your writing life, if someone beat me over the head and said, here's the 10 things you have to do, I would look at them like they have two heads because you've known me long <laughs> enough that I, I don't just march to my own drummer. I have my own entire band and the music will change. <laughs> the Honey, you're the my... drum major. Oh, Yvonne, you. you are the drum major. <laughs> I mean, let's get real. You are the conductor <laughs> and the drum major. Okay. I've never been called that before, but I like it. <laughs> But what what you did and what these these other influences did for you is encouraged you to follow your own path and to create these characters that I don't think anybody else has thought about doing. And I love it because it gives yeah, people hope. And that's what I really, you know, I um one of the ladies who reviewed my book, she, you know, I read the review and, I mean, it just, it just brought tears to my eyes because her review and what she said was like, oh, my God, this is what I wanted to do. This is what I wanted to have accomplished with this story. And, you know, it was just like, oh, it was the most amazing feeling. I mean, I printed it out, and it's, like, framed, and I don't have the frame yet. But I'm going to frame it, and it's going to hang in my office. <laughs> Good for you. And Because what you did is you touched another human being with a fiction story that became personal to them that they can take and turn into their dream and understand that it is accomplishable. And and I am a, a proponent that no matter what we read, if we read it with an open mind, whether it be fiction, nonfiction, mystery, romance, whatever it is, if we if we look at things with an open mind, 
we take something away from that book. And, and by our young people not reading because they're so involved in social media and video games, they're not learning things that they learn from books. Well, and I think that, I mean, let's go back, you know, we were talking about homeschooling earlier. I think that is what, um, that is probably the biggest reason why we homeschool, is so that we can create an environment that nurtures open minds in our children. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, because my husband and I, I'll tell you this real quick. Well, God, I could talk forever. My real quick stories are like 30 minutes long. But um, that's okay. My, my husband and I, we did exactly what the traditional route was. We went to high school. We went to college. Um, we got a master's. We got master's degrees, and we did the job. We had four master's degrees between us, and we're not necessarily doing anything that's specifically in that field. And both of us are having to learn out, learn that what makes us the happiest is to be the one calling the shots, not just doing this, this robotic path of life that we were taught to do. And Mm -hmm. we don't want that for our kids. And so we're constantly talking to our kids about, you know, if you want to start bringing in some money, yeah, you're going to do chores, but, I mean, let's see how maybe you could go make something. How could you do something and start selling it now? And how can you, you know, you want to, my daughter's very much into animation and into um, the anime, the Japanese anime. Uh-huh. And so she's she's been teaching herself some Japanese so that she can watch these cartoons because the subtitles are not the, yeah, the subtitles, they go by too fast for her to read them. So she's like, if I learn Japanese, then I can just take those off. I don't need them. I can just watch the cartoon in its original format. Wow. And, and you know, and then that's a hard language to learn. And um, my youngest daughter is, she wants to be a contortionist. And I, at first was like, okay, well, I don't even know what a contortionist is, but all right, we'll go find out and we'll take lessons. And so she's been taking aerial silk. Well, they both take aerial silk lessons, but her, I mean, she has just taken on this and it's changed. You know, she'll say like, well, mom, I, I, maybe I need to start eating more vegetables and I need to start stretching more and doing some yoga because I want to do this. And if wow. I had sat down and t- if I had sat down and said you need to eat your vegetables and you need to, you know, brush your teeth and you need to go to bed and get you know X amount of sleep, she'd look at me like I had a, a horn coming out of my head. But because of what she wanted to do and she can you know pursue this passion, it's it's sunk in a lot more with her. So and and she knows that in order to pursue the passion, that there's things that she has to do on that path to get there. And yeah. they don't teach that in school. No. They they didn't teach it when I was in school. They they taught me the same way they taught you. Okay, you're going to do X, Y, and Z because you're either going to college or you're going to tech school or you're going to graduate high school, get married, have babies, and stay at home. Absolutely. And I'm going, I really know if I'd had my way, I'd never had the first child, but it didn't work out that way. I never wanted kids, but then I wound mm-hmm. up having three because I didn't want four. So. Mm-hmm. But it, it's well, the and so I really, I really admire 
this this younger generation of kids who are saying, you know what, I'm not necessarily going to go to college right now. I want to go and get a job and kind of figure out what it is I want to do and then go out and learn how to do that. And not you know, every child is college is, is college material. I know no, that, absolutely that not. our government thinks that, but it, that is wrong. Not every child is an academic. Mm-mm. Some of the best people I know, some of the smartest people I know can't read a lick, but they sure can work on my car. My daddy was one of the smartest men I knew, and he had dyslexia, couldn't read a bit. But I tell you what. He had his own business for over 60 years and was putting heating and air conditioning into the homes of the great-grandchildren of his original customers. Yep. So, ladies and gentlemen, if your kid doesn't want to go to college, ask them what they want to do and then help them get there, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And even if they change 400 times, it's okay. I mean... My kids are 12 and 9. I mean, they're probably going to change their minds a thousand more times in my in the rest of my lifetime, and that's okay. But everything they do is like a building block to get them to the the place that they want to be eventually. I mean, it's the absolutely. it's not the destination; it's the journey we take. Absolutely, not, absolutely. If somebody had told me because I always wanted to write, I want. I wanted to write more than anything. Well, of course, they told me I couldn't, and I said, okay, fine. But who knew that when I turned 52, I would enter college for the first time and graduate with honors, become a bounty hunter, publish my first book, move to Florida, and get married all within two years of each other. Yeah. But it took me 52 years to get there. But see, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that it will they'll be 72 years old and they're still not willing to take that risk. And oh, that to me is the saddest thing that is out there. You know, so. that is it's because it's a waste of the thread of our lives. It's, it's, they don't know what they can't, what they can do until they just go out and do it. Right. Right. And, and with that being said, <laughs> Do you believe that we're almost to the end of this hour? No. <laughs> Will you come back? Absolutely. As you said, as, as, ladies and gentlemen, if you were on her Facebook page and, and she was telling people she was coming on the show, again, she made me smile because she says, I'm going to be on Off the Chain with Yvonne Mason, and she throws the best parties. Thank you for that. <laughs> It is. I mean, you know, if if anybody's out there listening to this and they're thinking, oh, my God, I can't do it, I will tell you the first – I will tell you this time I'm much more relaxed than I was last time. But even last time, it wasn't anything – I mean, I get more nervous going to see my dentist, you know? <laughs> I mean, well, and you're way better can't. than a dentist. That's <laughs> because we can't before we go live. By the time we go live, y'all forget you're on the radio. <laughs> we just keep yeah, talking. absolutely. So tell the folks where they can find you, where they can go get your new book. And, yes, she's got a new one coming back October the 30th. I will bring her back after the first of the year because she's wonderful and I love her. So um, all my books are on Amazon. My first book, the story, the novella is called um, A New Ending, and it's in the book called Kiss Me, an Asian Hero Box Set. 
And then my first solo book is called Forgiveness for My Mates. Both of those are available on Amazon, uh, Kindle Unlimited. If you are subscribed to Kindle Unlimited, you can read them that way or you can buy them. And I am on Facebook. Um, uh, my author page is Wilson Terry A. because my personal page is Terry A. Wilson, so I couldn't have two pages the same. Um, and my website is Terry Loves Books, but love is L-U-V-S Books. Dot com and so if you go to that you can pretty much just connect to all my social media through there. Um, I'll be in Florida at the Space Coast Convention next June and I am hoping to get one more conference in maybe late summer, early fall. Um, I just have to wait for all of those to happen and for them to open up for new authors. So Sweet. And, and ladies and gentlemen, she is absolutely magnificent. You will love her in Maybe I'll get to go next year. We'll see what's going on with my husband um, because I missed it this year, and I missed y'all. I missed y'all so much. So we will see. We will just let God handle it because it's all in his hands, as we all know. And don't well, and up. prayers to you, prayers to you and your your husband and your family. Um, I, you know, I, just, I wish you all the best for that. Thank you, sweetheart. And, and give those two girls a big hug for me. I'm so proud of them. Oh, I sure will. Thank you. And be safe travels. Come back home safe because we we need you here. We miss you here. <laughs> Get back on the on the yeah. east coast. <laughs> but um, it ha- hang on after the show goes dark so I can tell you a couple of things just like I did the last time. But ladies and gentlemen, we will be off tomorrow night. Um, my the guest that I had for tomorrow night she had to cancel, so we're off tomorrow night. But we will be back on Saturday night at eight o'clock. Eastern Daylight Time, and as y'all know, there's a couple of things I always say at the end of the show because they are what I live by. One of them is people will forget your name. They will forget what you look like. They'll forget what you're wearing, but I can promise you this. They will never, ever, ever forget how you have made them feel, and if you don't believe me, try it. We're all on a journey, and for some of us, the journey is challenging at best and some days it's very very hard to continue that journey and when someone is kind even the simplest things like terry telling me that i was a bright spot in her life not just her day but in her life that made my journey that much easier and i appreciate it so when you see someone that you think might not be what you think they should be be kind just just be kind period also if you want to achieve greatness don't ask anybody's permission just go out and do it be a terry amen go just go out and and believe you can fly that's right (laughs) amen grow those wings grow those wings people grow them so pick the feathers and put them together and grow them and you will fly. Trust me, you will fly because not to have tried, no matter what it is in life, not to have tried is to have failed. No one can steal your dream without your permission. Just remember that. Think about it. Nobody can steal your dream without your permission. Love your children. Teach your children how to fly because they are our future. And for every child that we lose, we lose a thread of our future. Until to, until Saturday night, at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, we will return with, with our guest. 
This is Off the Chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, with the lovely, lovely, lovely author, Terry Terry A. Wilson. There is another Terry Wilson out there. This is Terry, T-E-R-R-I-A Wilson. Check her out. Get her books and give her lots of love and support. Until Saturday night, we wish you all a good night. Okay, what I wanted to tell you, we're off the air, but everything we talk about is going to show up in the archive part of the show. But I wanted to tell you quickly that, of course, I'm going to put the archive link up on my page, and I'll tag you in it. Then Mm -hmm. tomorrow, when I put it up on the podcast, I'll also put those links up and tag you in it. And I don't know if you know it or not, but we're now on Reverb Nation, um, iHeartRadio, on two shows on iHeartRadio, Southern Chats with Yvonne Mason Plus Off the Chain. Um, we are on Spotify. We are on, of course, Good YouTube grief. and iTunes and podcast.com, Podcast Garden, SoundCloud, MixCloud, Spreaker, FM.com, and TuneIn Radio. Wow. So you're going to be heard everywhere, my darling friend. <laughs> okay. And you can take those links and put them everywhere. Put them on your, on your website. Put them everywhere. So that folks will know they can go anywhere and listen to this show and hear all about how wonderful you are. Okay. And I will send you some dates for next year. I love you with all of my heart. Thank you so much for being on the show. Well, well, thank you, and I wish you all the best. Thank you, my darling, and have a safe journey home. Have fun, but have a safe trip home. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, honey. 